Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 7, Episode 9 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is Lost Souls, and unfortunately there is no German title for this episode. So, our IMDb user synopsis is, well, I should correct that, there probably is, there is a German title, it might just be lost, it might just literally <laughs> translate to Lost Souls in German. Anyway, the IMDb user synopsis is, since the new associate pastor is doing a good job, Eric decides to give up his job as pastor and tires of everyone asking him for advice. Kevin and Roxanne to seem, seem to have a good working relationship, and this worries Lucy. What was your first impression of this episode? Um, I was shocked, as you Shooketh. said. Shooketh. Yes, I was, um, so obviously, as everybody knows, Aaron has watched Seventh Heaven through at least once and seen a, couple, a few of the episodes more than once. But I was shocked by this thing that happened. But, um, and although I have, like, a vague idea of what's about to happen, mostly because a lot of things are really predictable, but also because, um, I just, like, recall, you know, because I, at this point I was watching the WB, so I, like, saw, like, commercials for Seventh Heaven as I was watching other shows. Um, but I did not know that this thing happened. I mean, you'll find about it soon. But, I, and I kind of like that. I like when Seventh Heaven still has the ability to shock me, um, which I didn't think was possible, so... That immediately bumped this episode up. Wow. Yeah. I quite literally fell asleep during it, so that can tell you my impression of it. I'm going to say that wasn't the episode's fault. I was listening. Yeah. You you were taking a half nap. Half nap. Um, so we'll get started with the, with the cold open, um, which unlike the last episode actually has to do with the rest of the episode. Um, uh, so I guess they abandoned that idea. So it starts on the exterior of Eddie's pool hall and we see that it is country Western week there. Um, and we have the Cody Bryant ba- band, which is like a real band performing some song about honky tonk. It's called honky tonkin. Honky tonkin. And, um... I don't know, like, we we get a shot, an overview shot, and it looks like Cecilia and Simon are dancing, and then we see, um... We don't see, we don't see them yet. Oh, not yet, no. We see Lucy walk in, she, um, I want to just take a moment to talk about, because you mentioned Cecilia, um, the hair? I don't think we've talked about this yet. Um, obviously the hair, like, Lucy's hair has gone through many transformations, transportations, um, and... Transformations? And, um, this is very early 2000s, uh, it's short, uh, and, or it might not be short, it just might be flipped out so it looks like it's shorter, but it's, like, very much flipped out in a very over-exaggerated way. I'm trying to think of, like, a pop culture person who would, like, who had similar hairstyle like this at the time. Other than actually Ashley Simpson. I don't know. The only other person is Beverly Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, I think maybe like, um, no, not Christina Aguilera. But it was very, like, in, this hairstyle. Um, and that's a thing that both Cecilia and Lucy have. So Lucy's walked in, um, and she's looking for Kevin, and she spots him dancing with Roxanne. And they look, ha- like, they look good, or happy, or normal, um, and she very clearly gets upset, and she storms out, and this is when she runs into Chandler Hampton, who ba- sees that Lucy's upset and says, do you need to talk? And that's where we end the cold open. So, we are going to start with um, the Rev and Annie's 
storyline because it's annoying and exhausting and like we've said before we don't really like the adult storylines um so um their storylines kind of tie into other people's storylines but we'll just quickly go over it um what we have is um everybody knows about the country western week at eddie's at the pool hall and annie wants the to take the Rev with her to go dancing, but the Rev's very downtrodden. Um, I th- like, he's very sad. He's very, like, kind of self-pitying. He wants to be left alone. He's being a couch potato. And nothing that Annie says really gets the Rev up and moving. Um, eventually, Annie gives, gives him the suggestion of, oh, if you want to lay down, maybe lay down out with the stars. Uh, but he takes it to mean that he's going to do that on his own, and Annie's kind of feeling unloved and left out. Uh, so Annie gets all dolled up and goes to the pool hall by herself. And she finds two men when she's there, and she begins a new relationship and leaves the Rev, and we never see her again. Um, that's what we wanted to happen. Uh, but instead, one of the men is super creepy, the other man is not as creepy uh, and decide, like asks if she wants dance lessons because she does not know how to two-step. We unfortunately do not get any actual footage of Catherine... Hicks dancing? Yes, I keep on wanting to call her Jackson. <laughs> um, dancing, but we are told that she does some dancing. Also, our bartender, uh, the bartender that was like in almost every episode of season like five and six or something, uh, is no longer there. It's a new bartender. Uh, and she's very upset. She f- she starts crying at the bar after she's done dancing uh, because she thinks that when he had his heart surgery... Uh, they removed a piece of his heart. So, yeah. Um, she eventually goes home where she finds the Rev, who has come to a, a revelation. Um, earlier, we'll get to this storyline in a bit, uh, one of Ruthie's new friends and potential love interests... Oh, it's not a potential love interest. It is. A it love is a love interest. Peter Petrowski. Um, I like because he's new in town. Doesn't call the Rev Reverend Camden. He calls him Mister Camden. And the Rev is like, huh, oh, that's refreshing. And he, in that moment, apparently decides that he's going to quit the God business. And from this moment forward, he decides that he no longer he's sick and tired of helping people. Um, he doesn't like to be needed, he, nobody, or nobody needs him, or something like that, and he wants to do something different, so he spends the rest of the evening out in the backyard playing a guitar. Yep, and people come and go and try to ask him for help, and he just tells them, no, I'm not going to help you. Um, so when Annie comes home, she kind of flips out at him when she realizes what decision the ref has come to and says something along the lines of you have lemonade and you're making lemons out of it and you're not taking the gifts that god's giving you like as gifts you're rotting your life away and we don't really know if this does anything for the rev because he continues to wallow in the backyard and at the near the end of the episode the last kind of thing we get with them is annie saying well even if you're not a reverend anymore you still need to sleep and that's it. Uh, so this kind of growing... I feel like this tension's been growing... Since the surgery yeah. or since prior to the surgery when the Rev was running around with the doctors and wasn't telling anyone. So, like, for four or five episodes now, we've had this... They're not on the same page. They're kind of, like, mad at each other. 
or not mad, like, there's, like, this underlying tension between them, um, and I kind of, like, I'm, I want it to boil over, I want it to get into something, I highly doubt it actually will, but we're at a place right now where the Rev is questioning his life and his life choices, so I guess we'll see what happens, maybe we can't call him the Rev anymore and we'll have to start calling him Eric. No. <laughs> okay. Let's not. Let's talk about the next... It's a very weird storyline with Simon and Cecilia. Um, because, so, I just want, like, the title speaks for itself when it comes to, like, the other storylines. But this one, I feel like Lost Souls doesn't really make sense for Simon and Cecilia. Um, so, apparently, they're now together. Yeah. No, not, nothing about Mark no. the Frenchman. But they're together. Uh, they're dancing. They're holding hands. Uh, they aid in the quest to find Lucy, but they don't really get come up with anything. And their conversation is mostly about work or like jobs specifically. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's all we on 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 that front. That's really all that um, occurs because the, the rest of Simon and Cecilia's storyline ties really heavily into Lucy and Kevin. So I guess for now we'll leave it at. That kind of ends when Cecilia's father comes to pick her up from the pool hall, and um, Cecilia introduces her father to Simon, and introduces him as her friend without a job. Uh, he, Cecilia's father, um, I think this was revealed in the last episode, but we didn't talk about it. Cecilia has a job working for her. No, fa- it was in this episode. Oh, it was in this episode. So Cecilia has a job working as a janitor at night for her father. Um, they, they clean, like, the public schools or something. So, um, Cecilia basically is offering up Simon so that he could get a job, too. And Cecilia's father is like, okay, you start work tomorrow. So Simon now has a job cleaning, like, as, like, a janitor at the public schools at night. Um, this is especially significant because earlier in the episode we have Cecilia kind of berating him, being like, you're getting paid for doing household, like, for helping around the house. Everybody in the house should be helping around the house and shouldn't be getting paid for that. She's talking about, like, how he's... An allowance. Or, yeah. Like, he's too old to be getting an allowance. Um, so, I don't know. This has nothing to do with any of the rest of the things that are going on. So I don't know what it means, other than, like, establishing the fact that they're together. And that, like, I don't know, they're going to be spending more time together because now they're going to be working together. Uh, they kiss. that's something that happens yes they do kiss um we'll move on to ruthie next remember ruthie is on restrictions aka grounded and um there is a boy in the backyard uh throwing rocks at the window of the bedroom window of the twins um he got the wrong window it was supposed to be ruthie's uh and we meet peter who is new in town who uh realizes that ruthie's on restrictions and can't see her boyfriend jake and is kind of trying to slip in and win her over uh this is obviously unsuccessful because ruthie is on restrictions and so he goes away until he comes back we find out that um he had been out before he came over to the camden house he had been out in his backyard working on a project for school, and when he, his mother must not have realized he wasn't in the house and locked him out. So he's back now at the Camden house because he wants to borrow their phone to call his mother to tell, him, tell her that she's got to let him in. Um, we see him on the phone. He can't get in touch with his mother. He's leaving these like pleading voicemails that make it seem like he's in more trouble than he is because he's not really in any trouble. Um... But he's just like, Mom, please pick up. So um, Ruthie, Roxanne, and Kevin all overhear this, 
And Roxanne and Kevin are like, oh, we have to help him. We'll take him home and see if we can get in touch with his mother. Especially because the Rev's like, I'm not helping him. He's like, I'm not in that business anymore, which is ridiculous. Like, you're not the Reverend, but you're still there's still a child in your house who's, like, needs help. You're not going to just, like, abandon the child. It's like your daughter's friend, yeah. maybe just, you know. And the other thing is, he is acting quite strangely, not only with the messages, but also he keeps on stuffing food in his... In his pockets. <laughs> yeah, so, like, this added with, the vo- like, the voicemails, uh, Kevin is kind of like, oh, something's up with this kid. Like, he's coming from a troubled home. He doesn't get fed. Or, like, something. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that um, Roxanne and Kevin do when um, Peter's mother, Paris Petrowski, comes to the door is accuse her of being an alcoholic or a drug addict. Because, of course... When there's... A, if there's a troubled... If there's trouble, it obviously comes from that. Except uh, they get their ass whooped in this scene. I, I re- uh, you really like this. I really like this, too. Uh, she's like, I'm not on drugs or drinking, but did you ever think that maybe I was tired? And she kind of goes through the list of things she has to do every day as a single working mother. And that shuts both Kevin and Roxy up. And th- then we, like, shoehorn this, like storyline about single mothers, which obviously is appreciated, but, like, not the time or place to put this in. No. Because Peter's like, that's why you're doing all of this? You're acting like super mom? You don't need to do that. I can make my own sandwiches. (sighs) And all of a sudden, there's, like, this very, like, touching moment between mother and son. Mind you, we met this mother maybe 30 seconds ago, and we met the son five minutes ago. And we're meant to, like... Not the time for this. We, (laughs) like, we don't even know if they'll ever be coming back. But Seventh Heaven does that a lot, so... Anyway. And now to what is the most exciting storyline. This kind of takes place in two parts. Uh, We have the Chandler-Lucy part, and then we have Kevin and literally everyone else. Um, So I guess we can just talk about Chandler and Lucy very quickly, because I feel like they only have, like, a scene. Yeah. So um, Roxanne and Kevin are seen pictured dancing at the pool hall right at the beginning when Lucy arrives. And she sees this, and she just, like, can't believe it. She thinks that Kevin is cheating or something like that. He's more interested in Roxanne. So she storms out, and she runs into Chandler, who is heading into the pool hall. She tells Chandler kind of what's up and that she's upset, and Chandler is like, do you want to go somewhere and talk? So they go to the church, and they, like, pick up some food on the way, and um, that's, like, they sit there and they just eat, like, a picnic and talk about their chosen life path, I'd like to become ministers and whatever, Lucy's relationship with Kevin. We learn that Lucy wants to be a a minister because she wants to be like her dad, and uh, we learn that, uh, what's his name? Chandler wants to be a minister because he wants to defy his parents. Apparently his parents don't believe in religion, are hateful, negative people and that this was like the one thing they didn't want and now all of a sudden uh Chandler has fallen in love with it so he wants to pursue it more they clearly get along really well um they're making each other laugh they're having like in-depth conversation it doesn't really feel like Lucy has anybody else to talk to about her like chosen path and it doesn't obviously Chandler's new in town so he doesn't have any friends either so it's a nice like aside from all the chaos of the rest of the episode um and while this is happening Kevin is starting to get worried. So, because Camdens don't have cell phones, still. Yes, in 2002. 
um, Kev, which Kevin is harping on about a lot. Uh, he doesn't know where Lucy is. Uh, he thinks something's happened to her on her way to the pool hall. Um, and he decides that he needs to go out looking. This, And he also decides he needs to force Cecilia and Simon on this quest as well. Um, yeah, he's a real asshole about it. I... Like, he's worried, and that's nice, but the way that he asserts himself in this scene, and in almost every scene he's in, it's like, I don't know, it's not charming, it's not, it's really off-putting. It's, yeah, he's, like, assertive, but in, like, he just comes off as an asshole. He's, he's just a- t- ordering everyone around. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it was, as I said, it was off-putting. Uh, Roxy apparently has a date tonight, but she has to, ca- she has to cancel it for Kevin. Like, Kevin's like, no, you're coming with me. Um, so this kind of leads to a very bizarre conversation in the car when they're driving around. Um, Roxy very aptly predicts that, um, Lucy probably saw them and has probably, like, and probably went away, but, um, like, Because she's psychic. (laughs) And... Uh, I can't remember anybody's name this episode. Kevin decide like, Kevin's like, look, no, I know my, like, fiancé-to-be or whatever the hell she is. And if she got mad, she would have come up to us and, like, yelled at us about it. Lucy's, like, very open about her emotions. Which is kind of the way that Lucy yeah. is. I do. I would have expected her to come up and get in their face and be like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm Lucy. And Kevin also very aptly says, like, you don't want to be here because you don't care about... Lucy and Roxy's like, yeah, I don't. She's silly. She's immature. Like, starts listing out all of the things that we agree with about. Yeah. And but then Kevin gets upset about this because he doesn't like that his partner and his girlfriend don't get along. Which just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Roxy then out of nowhere turns to him and goes, "Kiss me." And he's like, "I'm not going to kiss you." And then she, like, gives him this background story about the reason that she's a cop is because her mother was shot after testifying about a man who was, like, abusing his wife. Yeah. And they never figured out who shot her mother. And her mother, uh, her and her father were, like, obsessed with it. I think her father was a cop. And um, that's, like, the reason she's here. And then after that, she again asks him to kiss her. It's all very bizarre. Like, I don't understand what the point was of this. Um, And he's very adamant about the fact that he loves Lucy and that, like, Lucy's the one for him and he doesn't want to kiss her. And she's like, just one. One won't hurt. And he's like, no, I love her. Uh, And then she's like, I'm making two predictions. One, everything's okay. And two, you're going to kiss me. Guess what? (laughs) They both happen. (laughs) I don't think there's anything else in this car scene. No, that's it. Yeah. Um, this all come, obviously we have a side bit where Kevin and Roxy, uh, save poor Peter from being locked (laughs) out. And then we get back to the, uh, pool hall where Simon makes a suggestion that she might be at church. Mm. And this is when, um, psychic, uh, Roxy goes, oh, well, you know, she probably is talking to Chandler and Kevin sees Green. Green's envy, right? Yeah. Because he sees green and red. Because he's angry. Wait, I don't know. He's jealous and angry. He sees the colors associated with anger and jealousy. Yeah. Uh, and the next- I don't think you see a color when in jealousy. I thought envy was like meant to be like jealousy and you see no, green No, you could say envious. you're green with envy. That's like the, I don't know. I don't know, man. 
I'm just trying to create new phrases here. Yeah. Uh, so what happens is this big confrontation. Lucy and Chandler are laughing, and Kevin comes in, and he's like, I'm glad you think this is all funny. So Kevin accuses them of, on, like, of being on a date, and Lucy fires back, being like, well, you and Roxy were dancing real mighty close, so, and me and, you know, me and Chandler are only talking. But I think Kevin kind of hits the nail on the head when he goes, the only reason you're here right now is because you're trying to make me jealous. You saw me and her dancing together, and you thought, like, going on a date with another man would be a good t- way to respond. And... I don't know. He, like, walks away, and as he's walking away, Roxy's coming in, and then they kiss. And then they kiss. And Lucy sees them. And Lucy sees them, and... It's a a, a shot through the heart. Yeah. And Kevin's to blame. He gives love a bad name. Um, (laughs) So, this kind of comes to a head with... Roxy going to the Camden house and explaining to Lucy that it's her fault. That she's the one that's been telling Kevin to kiss her all night and that he hasn't and, like, he just did it, like, and he's obviously doesn't doesn't feel anything and all that stuff. And he she explains to Lucy that, like, Lucy needs to get a grip. That Kevin is clearly in love with her and wants to spend the rest of her his life with her. But she's the one that keeps on doubting him and is jealous and isn't trusting him. And that's, like gonna break the relationship if she continues feeling this way and then roxy says look he's in the pool hall right now and he knows he fucked up like he knows he did wrong uh by kissing me but he's not gonna apologize for it so you need to go to him i'm like what yeah so so wait so she does yeah and she apologizes first and kevin is just like i'm not gonna apologize no, he, he goes, I forgive you for kissing Roxy. And he goes, I don't forgive you. Oh, yeah. Well, same, same thing. Well, I, like that, that conversation also, like, we harken back to, I think, what the actual problem is. And it's that Lucy is still kind of shook about him being married. Yeah. And he's like, like, what, why are you so, like, do you, is it because I was married before? Is it, like, what is it? What are you so upset about? And she's like, I just want to be the only person that you're going to dance with for the rest of your life. And he's like, you will be. Like, I love you, Lucy Camden. But I don't know. Everything about this gets me so angry. Like, you guys know that I'm normally not on Lucy's side. But, like, she didn't do anything wrong. I don't think. She didn't. She was just legitimately just there talking with Chandler because she was upset. It, it, it's almost better than what she... Could have uh, done. What she could have done, which is run up to them and make a scene like she usually would. Like, she handled it fine. I mean, it's just, yeah, like, she could have called Kevin or called the house and let someone at the house know, like, hey, I'm at the church. But she doesn't really owe anyone anything. Yeah, she's an adult. She's yeah. Um, let she must be like nineteen or twenty by now. Yeah, twenty twenty one. I guess the only thing is because Kevin was expecting her, she like owes it to him to be like, oh. But that doesn't like justify him kissing his partner. No, absolutely not. Um, especially be- especially he's because- just as crazy as she is, and he read into the whole thing with like if it was Kevin at the church alone with somebody, she would be like immediately be like, oh, it's because you're you know interested in them or you were here on a date on a date. I don't know. You're right. They are as crazy as each other. I just can't believe that this is, like, a 
thing that's being allowed on television. <laughs> I mean, I know we're not supposed to show, like, perfect relationships and stuff. But, like, are we supposed to ship them? Are we supposed this to, like... This is far from normal. Yeah, are we supposed to, like, care about these people? Are we supposed to, like, be happy that they're together or want them to be together? Because I don't. He's not good for her and she's not good for... Like, I have not seen any progress on either of their characters being made so far in the relationship. They actually... Both of them seem to be getting worse. Like, any progress that Lucy's made with, like her unselfishness and her unself-centeredness is all gone because all she is is jealous of Roxy. Like, that's her singular characteristic now. Yeah. And he's just, like, I don't know. I feel like they could really be doing more as well with, um, with Lucy's, like, going to school and wanting to become a minister, especially now that Chandler is here and this is, like, I don't know, they need more help around the church. Why aren't they giving her, like things to be like helping out the rev or helping out Chandler just to kind of get like experience doing because we did have that one episode with the uh famous people players like thing and that was like a good example of like remind us of what she's doing and what like the goal her basically like personal end game or, or career goals so I feel like they could be doing more with that but they've just centered her world around Kevin now and Kevin's not, like, a redeeming character in any way, shape, or form. When he's, like, working as a police officer, I don't see him, like, he's not competent. Like, he's, we haven't seen him really do anything great. Um, apparently his reason for being a police officer is because he didn't want to, fi- like, want to fight an unknown enemy. Fire. <laughs> like, fire, like, he doesn't have a face or whatever. And he's, like, interested in the fact that, like, each, like, criminal is a different person with different personalities and different stories. It's like, we don't see any of that. Yeah. And also, I'm, like, kind of upset with, like, the misuse of Roxy's character. I feel like she could be really interesting, you know? In the early 2000s, having a female cop, like, that could yeah. be, that could be like, a lot of... That, there could be a lot going in there. Like, we could see workplace stuff happening. and Right, like, her... I, I, and, like, you get the idea that Kevin's kind of bro-y. It's like, you, you get the idea that if he were a real person, that this partnership might not be the most smooth relationship. Yeah, we could do like that. Like, there's some sort of power imbalance there, something like that. But instead we have the most... Like, Roxy is not a human. She's just after some dick, literally. Like, (laughs) that's her her entire... Like, the way that they've designed this character is every time she meets a new guy, she's like, oh, hey. That's all I know about her. What else do I know about her? She's a cop, that's it. Like... I don't know. It's they're all very like flat and one-dimensional. Right. So we've got all these new characters introduced that really are boring. Like I don't like Chandler. I don't like Kevin. I don't like Roxy. Out of the three of them, I guess I like Chandler the best. But Cecilia is another one. But I, uh, Cecilia has more personality though. From the get-go, Cecilia, like when she had all those one-liners in that episode. Yeah. Um. So she's a little bit. She exists a little bit more on the like. Plane of and acting wise, her and David Gall, like Ashley Simpson, David Gallagher, have a lot more chemistry. Yeah, so which like- is one thing that with like watching Beverly Mitchell and George Stoltz, it's just like they're two. They seem like two of the most boring people on earth. Um, and when they get together, it's just like, why am I interested in this? I'm not. And it also just the thing is really at the end of the day, like you're when you watch a TV show, especially with a relationship, you need, even if you don't like those two people together or you don't like one of the, one or both of the characters, you still need to understand why they are in love with each other. Like, and I don't understand why they like each other. Like in the last episode, George said, "George, <sighs> Kevin, Kevin says, like, do you understand why I'm so crazy about her?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't get it." 
but yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> where would you, what would you rate this episode? Oh, well, um, because it kept me so interested, <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a two. Um, for the, because it, like, actually shocked me, I'm going to have to give this, um, a four. I'm going to give it a four. Okay, so, um, we'd love, we obviously just ranted to you about a lot of stuff, so you can rant to us about anything you want. Not You could rant to us about how much you hate our rants. Yeah, or if you disagree. So that's camdencast at gmail.com, or you can leave comments, um, or just Tweet at us or something. Uh, that's, um, camdencast show on Twitter, camdencast show on Instagram, camdencast on Facebook. And uh, we're here all the time for you to listen to us, but new episodes on Wednesdays and Saturdays on the iTunes Apple Podcast app, on Stitcher, and on soundcloud.com slash Camden Cast. I'm Tammy. I'm Aaron. This is Camden Cast. <laughs>